Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, and what a day it is for unborn babies across many states across the United States. Today marks the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court of the United States. This is a day for Christians everywhere to celebrate. This is a day for anybody that believes that abortion is murder to celebrate. This is a wonderful day in the life of our land in which we live. Today is a day that marks uh, many years of Roe versus Wade, which was basically a decision by the Supreme Court back in 1973 that ruled that the Constitution of the United States generally protects a woman's right to choose to have an abortion. And for years now, uh, the Constitution, this, this Roe versus Wade has been upheld and we have seen many, many, many babies murdered in the womb as a result. Now, as of today, 6-24-2022, this is a monumental day in our nation as Roe versus Wade has now been overturned. This is a wonderful, beautiful day. This is a, a pro-life um, win. And, and when I say pro-life, there are a lot of pro-life people out there that that uh, really have a different view of abortion than others. I know there's abolitionists out there, there's incrementalists, uh, but I would argue for abolition, I think abortion should be illegal, it should be outlawed, and I think um, personally that the women that choose to do this should be held accountable. I believe it's murder, and if we believe it's murder, then we believe that there has to be consequences for that. However, today, it's going to be much harder for a woman to get an abortion in many states. I saw where Missouri has already signed a law saying that, Missouri, you can't get an abortion in Missouri. Now, I haven't done a deep dive into that to see if it's after a certain amount of time, whether that be six weeks, 20 weeks, 15 weeks, whatever. Um, I haven't done a deep dive into that, but at, at face value, it looks like Missouri is not going to allow you to be able to have an abortion in their state. And I know that uh, the map that's been floating around shows about 13 states that will outlaw abortion immediately following this. I'm not sure what that looks like, because what this does now, instead of it being on this grander scale, it sends this abortion idea back to the states. So basically each state determines what they're going to allow or not allow when it comes to abortion. So many states are going to allow abortion up to six weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever the case may be. That is still abortion. That is still murder. And that still should be dealt with in our opinion. So Roe versus Wade doesn't outlaw abortion. It doesn't mean that the hard work that's been done up to this point is over. This in many ways means it's time to fight even harder because now we go back to the state government and we fight there. We fight still on the front lines where uh, these abortions are taking place. But today marks a monumental day. I, I, can, I just keep saying it over and over again. But with that, there's a flip side here. There are many people that would say just the opposite, that this is a sick and disgusting and frustrating day and millions of people have just lost rights. And uh, I would say to combat that or to uh, rebut that, I would say actually millions of people just gained their rights that they otherwise would not have had they been aborted in the womb. Many 
children now will see the light of day. Praise God. We believe as Christians from a biblical worldview that being fruitful and multiplying is a thing that God commands all believers everywhere to have children. Now, we do recognize that there are some that can't have children, and uh, we mourn with those. But uh, God's design is to to sustain the earth and to uh, put babies on this earth. And we do that by procreation. We, we reproduce. And uh, that part is for the marriage bed as well. Within a marriage, sex is good if it is done in a biblical way, the way God has designed it. And once two people, a man and a woman, have a child, that is a gift from God that the Bible teaches us. We believe that. So we believe that a million or more, tons of babies are fixing to have rights as a result of what has happened today. Again, the fight is not over. Uh, there are going to be a lot of pushback. There's going to be a lot of pushback. There's going to be a lot of discussion surrounding this in the coming weeks, months, and years. And if there's anything that I could offer you as believers, I would say this. Many of you know somebody that is a not that is an unbeliever. Many of you know someone that is going to fight against what the Supreme Court has ruled in favor of today. They're going to argue against it. They're going to say bad things. They're going to say things that are not from a biblical worldview. I would encourage you, instead of engaging in a heated argument with that, to really have a good gospel-centered conversation. Keep uh, Be slow to anger, the Bible says. And I can tell you firsthand experience, that is something the Lord has worked on me in my life uh, is just being slow to anger. But we're quick to listen. We listen to the other people. We're slow to anger. And uh, we have a an engaging conversation with people that disagree with the decision that has been handed down today. Now, there is so much that we could talk about surrounding this. Now, when it comes to men. Men, I, w I think men need to be held accountable. I think men need to experience consequences for leaving after they get a woman pregnant, whether that be a one night stand. That shouldn't happen anyway. That's that's kind of not what we would advocate for, but it happens. Uh, I think men that in, get a, a, a lady pregnant and they run off and they don't take care of this baby, they should be held accountable in some way because we put a lot of emphasis on the woman when it comes to abortion, because it is her body. It is the baby inside of her body. But there is not a lot said about the man in the situation. If the man doesn't stick around, he should be held accountable. There should be some sort of consequence for him. Uh, you just can't go have your fun and then run away like nothing ever happened, like a little boy. You, you must man up and do and take care of what you have helped create. So there's a lot of discussion around this still. Uh, there's also this aspect of Christian families really stopping to talk about adoption and putting their money where their mouth is. Christian families, uh, there's going to be a lot more babies now coming into this world as a result of this. So there's going to be a lot of babies that are being put up for adoption. So we can't just sit by and, and just say, well, I hope these babies get taken care of. I believe that Christians should be on the front lines of adoption as well. Not only should we be on the front lines of abortion, trying to change the laws, trying to end abortion, because uh, this is a child that is created by God. And we want to see this child come into the world and live according to 
uh, his, the Lord's standards, biblical standards, and have the chance to live as the created image of God. We want to see this. We want to be on the front lines of ending this, but we also have to be on the front lines of adoption as well. We can't leave adoption up to chance. We can't leave adoption up for somebody else to do. We really must, as churches, step up and really take hold of this adoption process because this is going to happen. Babies will be here, and we would much rather step up and adopt than to see these babies somehow suffer outside of the womb uh, because a, a mother or a father didn't want them to begin with. So we must be very proactive in seeking the, this and uh, and partnering with some local pregnancy centers and resource centers that may be in your area would be a good way to do this. You, there's a lot of people that come through these resource centers that uh, need help, that have issues, that have things going on, and they need the local church to stop just saying what they can do to help and actually being the hands and feet that they're saying and actually putting their money where their mouth is and letting their actions uh, match what they're saying. So this is a uh, there's a lot still to do. This is a time of celebration, but now it's a time to go back to the drawing board. Let's see what we can do now. What else do we have to do? There's a lot more that we need to do. There's a lot of avenues that branch off from this. But one of the biggest things that I want to talk about just briefly again is the need to have unangered conversations with people that disagree with what has been put out today. Across my Facebook feed, I see people that are responding that are not gospel-centered. They do not have a biblical worldview. And uh, to be honest, it's frustrating to read because we do believe that babies are created in the image of God, and we want to see those babies grow up and live and uh, hopefully one day be saved and live just a God-honoring life before the Lord. Uh, but there is going to be conflict. There's going to be a lot. As a matter of fact, just having this leak before it became official, I know there were several churches that have been vandalized. There have been um, even pregnancy centers that have been vandalized and resource centers that have been vandalized. And even Planned Parenthood has been vandalized by those in the pro-choice movement. That, that one doesn't make sense to me, but it has happened. So there's going to be a, a big opposition, and let me tell you why, because Satan and the enemy loves abortion. Those that um, are outside of a biblical worldview, a biblical framework, they too will latch on to the abortion and say that it is a woman's right to choose, when really it is not our right at all to choose. We must do what God has commanded that is be fruitful and multiply, but those outside of this biblical framework don't have this. So there is naturally going to be this conflict that happens. But what we can do as believers is not continue this conflict and make it worse, but we somehow try to meet in the middle. We try to find some common ground, all the while continuing to call sin, sin. So I'm not saying that we capitulate. I'm not saying that we give in to their arguments, that we say they're right. We continue to call sin, sin, but we continue to listen to the other side so that we can better point them to Christ. So if we're constantly in an angry tone coming at somebody with our worldview, then I think that that's going to cause more tension, more strife, more anger, more frustration. It's going to cause a greater divide between the two. And we are called to be gentle and loving and caring. Now, you, if you know me, you know that we are not to be condoning 
or accepting of sin, but we love people enough to tell them the truth. And I think that we can tell people the truth without being gruff, without being just like angry and with a scowl on our face, right? I, I am probably the world's worst in years past to really promote truth, but have the scowl on my face like I'm right because the Bible's right kind of thing. We can be right because the Bible's right without being hateful, without being um, more divisive in the culture than these things already are. I think what we need to do now more than ever is to enter into this culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ with a loving and gentle tone, not a condoning tone, not a um, accepting and, and pull you in and, and coddle you in your sin type tone, but really seeking to speak the truth in love. And we speak the truth in love in a gentle tone for the glory of God in hopes that he would see people saved by grace through faith. Now, we can't save people. If you know me, you know that. <laughs> you, reading the Bible would tell you that you cannot save anyone. God saves those whom he will. And it is those that we pray for. And we can't pray for people to be saved and to have this outlook changed if we're constantly being rude and angry toward them and, and really being prideful and we have the right answer. We're right. You're wrong. And you just need to suck it up, buttercup and get over it. That's not the attitude that's going to win people to Christ. It is a loving, gentle uh, tone that is going to win people to Christ because we really that breeds conversation. And I know it's easy to, to be right and want to just sling it like a gavel on a, like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. It's easy to do that, but it's difficult to actually listen and be generous in dealing um, gentleness to the other person. Uh, we need to deal hope to the other person, and that hope is only found in Christ. It's not found in the Constitution. It's not found in the Supreme Court and what they rule or don't rule. Hope, true hope, is found in Jesus Christ alone. And any social work or social activist or social justice or abortion or anything that you can think of, nothing is going to bring hope like Christ alone. And we as believers, in light of this ruling, yes, we rejoice. We are thanking God for this. It is amazing to see this overturned, but we cannot be jerks about it. And we cannot act also as if this is the end because there's still much work to be done if you care about biblical truth because murders of babies are still going to happen. As a matter of fact, just down the road from where I am in Memphis, Tennessee, Planned Parenthood there put on their website we can no longer uh, perform uh, abortion or surgical procedures in light of today's news, but we can help you find a place in other states where you can I guess that's gonna, they're going to charge some sort of finder's fee or something, but I don't know if you can keep the lights on and the doors open for that. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully these Planned Parenthoods will shut down and churches will be planted right in the middle of them. Uh, but we do see a cultural war continuing to grow ahead of us, and we as believers must stand firm. We must put on the the, the armor of God, as we find in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, because we are coming up to a time of greater spiritual warfare, in my opinion. Now, I'm not going to be the one that sits here and tries to paint this grim picture, uh, because I think we have hope in Christ, but we must armor up, we must suit up, and uh, we must be prepared to fight. 
And uh, we we take the gospel to the streets. We take the gospel to the culture and and just pray that God would change hearts, change lives and people would be saved as a result. And then the work is not done. Even then, when people are saved, we have to disciple people. If we don't disciple people, then we have really lost the whole Matthew 28 uh, idea of making disciples. Right. So there's a lot of work to be done on all fronts as a Christian. It never stops. And we can celebrate this one win as a whole, uh, but we have to realize that there is still work yet to be done. So some big takeaways from this. I'm thankful to God that the Supreme Court has overturned the Roe versus Wade. I'm thankful to God that many babies will be saved and many babies will come into this world and be able to live the, a, a God-honoring life, hopefully, that they'll be saved, hopefully. Um, but even if they're not, they will be able to experience the same common graces that you and I have been able to experience in life. A good sunset, good food, good friends, um, just uh, the, 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 the excitement of breath alone. Uh, we should never take breath for granted because we're not promised our next. But I'm thankful for God that many babies will come into this world. But I'm also realizing that we should continue to fight abortion. Uh, we should continue to stand on biblical principles. We should suit up because the culture war is only getting stronger. And as the culture war grows, it comes against the church in uh, waves. So we, the church, must be ready. I would also say that we must be ready to begin the process of adoption, especially as believers, because many more children will come into this world as a result of this ruling. And then finally, I would say that we need to have gospel conversations in a way that honors God and is patient with others that disagree with us. And uh, we just give them the hope that is in Christ alone. We preach the gospel and we may be planting seeds. We may be watering seeds, whatever the case may be. We know that salvation belongs to the Lord. We just have to be obedient and, and go out and make disciples of all nations. And we can't do that if we are being hateful to people that disagree with the Bible, that disagree with our stance or our, uh, what we believe on certain issues. So I would encourage you Christians, uh, go out there, be gentle, have good gospel centered conversations, try to find some sort of common ground. If you have to agree to disagree, that's fine, but don't be rude and hateful and be a jerk. But we are thankful today for this overturn of Roe versus Wade. And, uh, we just give all glory to God and we will continue praying. We'll, we will continue fighting for the unborn. And I pray that you will, too. So thank you for listening to this uh, shorter episode. And uh, until next time, God bless.